This is the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel, taking a bite-sized look at some of the big Liverpool FC talking points. Sell to buy. It's been a policy that served Liverpool well under Michael Edwards in the transfer window, and in the current market could well swell Jurgen Klopp's transfer budget this coming summer. Welcome to the agenda here on the Blood Red Channel. I'm Guy Clark. Matt Addison's here with me. Thanks for joining us, whether it be on YouTube or whether it be through our podcast feed. Coming up, we'll be assessing the crop of Liverpool loanies farmed out this season and consider which may be cultivated and sold on and whether or not any could stay at Anfield and supplement Jurgen Klopp's first team. Matt, there's a few to consider and... uh, it's been a policy that certainly this last season Liverpool used to their advantage, really. Likes of Marco Gruic and Harry Wilson in particular were being talked about as maybe being sold on, but eventually Liverpool loaned them out, maybe, I suppose, trying to hold their value in the transfer market before reassessing it this coming summer. Yeah, it's obviously been a policy for, for Jurgen Klopp and Michael Edwards and, and the whole of, of Liverpool's recruitment team, hasn't it? We saw... Now, obviously, Graham Brewster, I think, is the obvious example recently of someone who's gone out on loan, really sort of shown their value and, and their well, their, their potential value to, to opposition clubs. And obviously, it was Sheffield United who paid the money for, for him last summer and that then funded other moves for, for Liverpool to make in the transfer market. And I think, you know, without the pandemic, we'd have seen that a lot, lot more. I think Marco Gruic... Zedin Shakiri probably would have, have moved on last summer. Obviously, Gruic has, has gone out on loan. We'll speak about sort of him and, and how he's been getting on very shortly. But yeah, it, it's certainly a policy that Liverpool look for. We know under FSG, they don't have as much money as, as some of the other clubs. They've got to be clever. And this is very much one of, of those ways of, of doing that. If you can get a player out on loan, develop him that way rather than you know him making the mistakes and, and getting minutes for Liverpool's first team. Obviously, that increases the value and in selected examples, Harvey Elliott being the obvious one. It's obviously a development that will mean that you know next season they'll probably not have to, to go out and, and buy two forwards. I still think they'll need one, but certainly Harvey Elliott this season has proven that he could be another option in that sort of position. So it's certainly something that, that Liverpool have, have used. It. It's become a feature certainly over the last few years. And I think we will definitely, definitely see that again this summer. It's one of those though, to consider, isn't it? I know a lot of people don't want to hear like a new signing or the the policy of selling to buy players. But if you're bringing in Harvey Elliott, we might as well start with him. We'll talk about the domestic players first, maybe, who are on loan, whether it be in the EFL or in the Premier League, and then look at those who are overseas. But it is one of those, isn't it, where if you're bringing back one player and you all of a sudden say Jurgen Klopp has a budget of, I don't know, £30 million to spend on a forward, He's then not got to split that over two players. He's got to concentrate just on one. And Harvey Elliott has had an absolutely stellar season at Blackburn Rovers. We've seen a number of times over the last couple of years, Chelsea players going into the championship, flourishing and coming back. Harry Wilson had a great time at Derby under Frank Lampard's tutelage, but hasn't really been able to break through that. But with Harvey Elliott, maybe, and maybe being that touch younger, things might be a bit different. Yeah, I think things definitely will be different with him. I mean, he's obviously an exceptional talent. He's only just turned 18. We know all of, of these things, but it's worth sort of reiterating that because, you know, the, the numbers, I think it's 18 goal contributions in, in 39 appearances this season. It's, you know, pretty much one in two for him, which at that age, in, in terms of, of the, the difficulty of the championship in a team which 
generally has underperformed compared to, to sort of expectations at Blackburn this season. I think that's certainly fair to, to say that he has been one of their standouts. I know Tony Mowbray this weekend has been singing his praises and, and saying essentially Blackburn should just give him the ball at every opportunity because he's got that magical touch. He can do things that you know lots of other players in the championship can't do. So, yeah, for me, I think it's it's pretty obvious that, that Harvey Elliott will do essentially what Curtis Jones did last year, which is take on the place of, and the minutes of, of a more senior, established professional. I think we would have, have seen it last summer. Obviously, Curtis Jones took on the, the sort of squad role that Adam Lallana has. He's well exceeded that. I think he's he's got more than, than double the minutes this season than Lallana did last season. But I think we'll see a, a similar thing with Harvey Elliott and, and Zerdan Jakirian. I think it, it's no surprise. Obviously, the age is, is a big factor in the sort of shock from maybe people who don't know the ins and outs of it. But, you know, last summer, I think that would have been the plan. I think Shakiri had a price tag on his head. I think it was initially 28 million. I think Liverpool would have accepted a little bit less than that. But obviously, no one came in for him. He didn't end up moving on. And in the end, Harvey Elliott sort of had to, to go out to get his minutes at, at Blackburn. But if Shakiri had gone last season, I think we would have seen Harvey Elliott essentially do that this season. So it's just the exact same plan, but 12 months further down the line, 12 months further into his development. So I think it's it's certainly one of those that you'd expect him to to save Liverpool money in terms of the, the transfer market rather than actually raise funds by any sort of sale because, yeah, it's a it's 100% certain that he will be at, at Liverpool in some form next season. Yeah, I think through the course of the season, he's really sort of nailed that down, hasn't he? I think a few people maybe early on in that loan at Blackburn maybe thought, oh, could he do another loan next season, whether it be a side really at the top end of the championship pushing for automatic promotion or whether it even be in the Premier League. But thus has been his form. I think a, a lot of people very, very excited to see him back. And I suppose one of the sort of unthought of qualities that he's had, he's been able to deal with the pressure that's been put on his shoulders. Of course, just how young he was when, still 15, I think he was, when he was with Fulham for the first time in the first team away at Millwall in a Carabao Cup tie. And you see young players often, I mean, Jordan Ibe may be a, a real sort of example of that, that Harvey Elliott's maybe followed more of the, the Raheem Sterling route rather than Jordan Ibe in terms of coming in as a real, real young player and actually being able to kick on and hopefully make an impression on Jurgen Klopp's first team uh, next season. Let's stick then with players in the championship. And let's talk of the the three other Liverpool loanies there at that level. You mentioned Jordan Shakiri before. Of course, he was being touted for a, a move last summer, as too was Harry Wilson. In the end, a move for neither permanently came around and Wilson was the one in the end sacrificed and moved on loan to Cardiff along with Shea Ojo. And Sepp Vandenberg is at Preston North End having moved there in the uh, the winter window. Yeah, all three of, of them really interesting. I think heading into the summer, we might as well start with the two lads at, at Cardiff. Harry Wilson is obviously the one that you'd expect to make Liverpool a, a bit of profit this summer and, and add to their transfer budget. Last summer, they wanted £20 million for him, which I think probably was just about reasonable in a in a normal season, You know, excluding the pandemic and the Im- impact of that. I think they probably would have got that. I think it was around about £16 or £17 million that Burnley put down, mainly... You know, that sort of figure was was around 12 million, I think, up front and the rest sort of in add-ons. But that was the sort of value that they were prepared to, to go to. And I think there would have been other clubs as well interested in, in normal times. But obviously, we know the knock-on effect, the economic impact of the pandemic on the transfer window sort of 
stop that from from taking place really so it's going to be an interesting summer I think for him I think he, he does have to to move on and, and find a permanent home but where that will be I'm not too sure I mean obviously Liverpool are not going to get that 20 million pounds for him I think he's certainly a Premier League player I think he's certainly shown that at Cardiff this season speaking to to people at Cardiff and, and people who've seen him they seem to, to think that he's very much you know a player that they shouldn't really have been able to sign last summer there should have been a Premier League team that had come in for him and I'm sure there will be this summer I think the interesting thing is maybe one or two of the teams that have been linked with Harry Wilson in the past maybe wouldn't necessarily be interested in him now Leeds United being the obvious one of those obviously Liverpool playing them tomorrow I think we'll see that that they've signed Rafinha they've got other players in that position who are probably better so it'd be interesting to, to see what happens I think Burnley would be an interesting one again stylistically I'm not 100% sure that that would be the best move for the player but certainly somewhere in the Premier League would be a, a decent move and I think you could reasonably expect you know 10 12 million pound fee for, for someone like Harry Wilson I think that would be would be pretty reasonable so I think it's one of those to, to watch out for at his age and we've been saying it for for a couple of years really he does need to, to go and and find somewhere permanent and I think he's done enough certainly over the last couple of seasons if not this season you know that he is very much capable of of doing that so that's definitely one to watch out for the other player obviously at Cardiff is Shea Ojo as well a much forgotten man I think among a lot of, of Liverpool fans he's not made a huge impact I wouldn't say at Cardiff he's done all right you know that there will be interest you know from from other championship clubs I'm sure but uh yeah, it's one of those. Again, he's 23 now. He's at an age where he does need to, to go and find a permanent home. He's sort of switched position, I believe, and, and started to play a little bit more down the centre. He tended to, to play on the right for Liverpool's youth teams. And we saw him, I think, against Tranmere two seasons ago, possibly, uh, possibly three seasons ago that he played in that position and, and did quite well. But uh, yeah, again, I think it will be a, a move for him. I wouldn't have thought it would be a Premier League move, but certainly somewhere in the championship, possibly even Cardiff, I suppose it, it will just come down to, to the fee that, that Liverpool can ask for him. I wouldn't he's expect it to be. two years left on his contract, doesn't he? So, Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, it's one of those where you probably, for a player who's been out on, on countless loans now, you wouldn't have thought there would be much value there for Shea Ojo. But this is where Michael Edwards all of a sudden puts a clause in or does some kind of negotiating that all of a sudden you see a fee and you scratch your head and think, how did he get that? Yeah, there's certainly you know a lot of, of quality and a lot of talent and, and a lot of potential, but I think in terms of a fee, you'd be looking maybe around two million, possibly possibly wouldn't even get that. I think it would have to to be that as an absolute maximum for for someone like Cardiff to come in for him. I think Mick McCarthy has essentially suggested in the last couple of weeks that they probably won't be be signing him, but uh, it, it's certainly one to watch out for. I'm sure you know there'll be other clubs in the Championship who, who take a look at him and. You know, who knows if you can get a, a move to a, a lower end championship club at his age, you know, he's still got plenty of, of time to work his way back. And if he can have a couple of good seasons, there's, you know, a 10 or 15 million pound transfer fee to the Premier League possibly. So yeah, certainly that is is where the, the sort of sell on fees and, and all of that sort of thing will come into it. But uh, yeah, I wouldn't expect Ojo to make Liverpool huge amounts of money this summer. But as you say, there's still plenty of, of time for, for Michael Edwards to, to do something there. Yeah, and set Vandenberg up at Preston North End, 19 years of age. Of course, his second season at Liverpool, but he's not been around the first team, but he's been being played at right back by Preston North End. A, a lot of people, 
up there at Deepdale, very, very sort of impressed with his attitude and the way that he has acclimatised to that new position. You'd probably suggest, Matt, another loan for him, if not maybe back to Preston North End, spend a full season there and maybe begin to start seeing him play more as a, a centre-half by the end of next season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm sure you'll know far more about his time there than I do, but from what I believe and, and from what I understand, you know, he, he's enjoying himself there. I think there's been comments from him this weekend to suggest that he'd quite like to go back there. I believe that, that Preston have the first option on taking him back and, you know, on his performances so far, you'd expect that they would probably take that up if they could. I think, you know, he's again at an age where he needs to be playing regular football. We've seen, you know, Reese Williams play a fair few matches this season. They're a similar sort of age, but I think it's certainly more beneficial for, for someone like Vandenberg to, to go to the championship, try and, and develop and, and become a senior footballer and, and sort of take the, the next steps. I think it's possibly been a, a little bit of a shock for him in terms of the physicality in England. And I think, you know, the, the fact that he's coped so well with championship football so far this season would suggest that he's sort of on the right path towards getting to where he needs to be. So certainly it's it's one to watch out for. I've seen a, a couple of uh, links or sort of comparisons, say with Joe Gomez, who obviously started to play a little bit at right back and then switched to centre-back. Jamie Carragher's another one who's done that in the past. I think it's certainly, you know, a good route for, for him to take. And I'm sure, you know, long-term Liverpool would like him to be playing in the centre for, for Preston, but, you know, I believe they're going to be interested in the another right back in the summer. I think that's pretty high on, on Preston's list. So you'd imagine if they do take him back, you will get that opportunity next season. Yeah, he's, he's there, there aren't many right back options there, but as you say, he has been doing well. And if he can follow the path set by Jamie Carragher and Joe Gomez, then uh, yeah, he could be on for, for some Liverpool career and a European Cup in there as well. The Agenda on the Blood Red Channel. Let's talk about another one based in this time, the Premier League, before we get on to those overseas. Takumi Minamino, who linking up with uh, Ralph Hasenhutl at Southampton. A lot of people thought this was going to be a match made in heaven. Hasn't quite worked out that way, has it? No, it hasn't. It's it's one of those that started really well. He took the goal against Chelsea absolutely brilliantly. looked like he'd found a, a bit of form and a bit of confidence, which... I think was to be expected under Ralph Hasenhutl this season. I mean, if there was a manager and a club that suited Minamino in the Premier League, it absolutely had to be Southampton. But it's not quite gone as well as, as what they thought it probably would have done, I don't think. I think it's probably unlikely at this stage that Southampton would look to sign him on a permanent deal in the summer. I think, you know, it's it's a player that they would like to keep ideally, obviously. Southampton looking to to build their squad, but I think they've just got you know, other priorities at this moment in time. I believe Theo Walcott is is higher up on the transfer priority for them, which I think really sort of tells its own story. I mean, not to, to sort of, you know, be critical of, of Walcott, but I think, you know, the age that he's at, the career that he's had over the last couple of seasons, the fact that, you know, he's a, a bigger priority for Southampton heading into the summer than 26-year-old Takumi Minamino, I think tells, you know, it, it, its own story really. So, it's going to be interesting to, to see what happens. I'm sure, you know, Liverpool will be open to offers in the summer. I don't think he's an absolute necessity to get rid of or anything like that. I think one thing that will play into his hands that maybe Shakiri moves on, maybe Divock Origi moves on as well. You probably would expect maybe two of those at, at the most to move on. You wouldn't want all three to move on and, and have to, to make a couple of signings in that area. So I think that does play into his hands and 
if Liverpool do sell him, they will, of course, make a profit because they only paid £7.25 million for him. So it's certainly one to watch out for, I think. Um, I would be surprised if he went to another Premier League club. I think if Southampton were to come in for him, then you know, fair enough. But otherwise, maybe someone like an RB Leipzig or, or somewhere like that, obviously, arrived from, from Salzburg. They'll be well aware of him. I think possibly somewhere, you know, maybe in Germany, maybe some sort of league elsewhere other than the Premier League might suit Minamino to go next. But uh, yeah, again, I think it's it's probably equally as likely that he stays at Liverpool next season as he moves on. And it's very much in the balance now for him. Yeah, he's still got three years on his contract, hasn't he? But I have to say, I'm not as certain that the, that the profit Liverpool can make on him would be as high as it wants, or certainly with the COVID market. And if he's very much an unwanted squad member at Liverpool, if that is how it does sort of transpire, if he's going to move to the continent, I'm not sure really that anything, maybe much over £10 million would be sort of on offer perhaps for him. But we'll have to, to wait and see how that one does play out. Marco Gruic, he's another one on the list then. He's over in Porto, had a couple of years at Hertha Berlin in the Bundesliga himself. But now he's in Porto and didn't seem at one stage he was getting all too much football, but they've obviously just been dumped out of the, the Champions League quarterfinal uh, at the quarterfinal stage, as Liverpool were, by Chelsea Porto. And seems to be growing into that loan and getting a few admirers. Yeah, he certainly does. I mean, the, again, the, there is a quality player in there. We know that. We've seen that from his time in the Bundesliga. I think when he was at Hertha Berlin, he was described as the best midfielder that they've had in 20 years or something by his manager at the time. So he's obviously got a lot of, of quality. Again, similar to Harry Wilson, Liverpool wanted £20 million for him last summer, which I don't think would have been massively unrealistic in normal times. But of course, we know that they're not going to get that for him this summer because the pandemic's impact is still there. And again, like you say, he's just not had the exact impact at Porto that Liverpool probably would have expected or, or would have possibly liked him to have. So, yeah, it's one of those. He certainly started the season uh, mainly coming off the bench. I think he's only made 16 league appearances in all this season. So he's not really been a, a first choice. They've got two other players in that midfield. They play at sort of 4-4-2 and he doesn't quite fit into it. So it's one of those where it's maybe not quite happened. But again, Liverpool only paid £5 million for him. I think uh, it was Jurgen Klopp's first signing, wasn't he, in that first January when he came in. So they are going to make a profit on him. But unfortunately, it's not going to be as big a profit as if they'd have managed to cash in on him last season. So they could have got 20 for, for Wilson, 20 for, for Gruwich last season. I think you're probably looking at a, probably a grand total of, of 20 for the two of them this summer. Of course, you know, there, there could be more loans, there could be other things, but again, similar to Wilson, it's that time of his career. He's 25 now, Marco Gruwich. It's time for, for him to, to move on, find a permanent home. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was in the Bundesliga that he ends up because that's where you know, the best football of his career, certainly the best form and, and fitness and, and sort of consistency has come. So I'm sure there will be interest. It's just a case of how much can Liverpool squeeze out of him. And I suppose that will ultimately come down to, to which teams are in for him, how much they can pay and, and just how many teams there are as well. Because I think what you want with him is if just for the to be a, a bidding war, really. If there's only one or two clubs in for him, it makes it a little bit more difficult for Liverpool. Yeah, certainly. I, I think with with him as well, and and maybe with Wilson too. It's maybe the the clauses that can be inserted into any deals. Maybe sell on 
percentages and things. Obviously, with the COVID market more than likely to affect any big transfer fees being banded about by sort of those mid-range clubs over on the continent. The final two then, another two who are both at the same uh, loan club together, Taiwo Awani and uh, Loris Karius, who are both playing their football at Union Berlin. Yeah, again, it's uh, it's two players that you would expect to, to move on. I think we've expected it for a little while now. Um, they will generate transfer fees. Awani is he's doing okay. He's certainly you know not probably at, at Liverpool's level, but you know certainly Union Berlin seems to to be impressing. Uh, we spoke to to an expert over in Germany a few weeks ago, and he sort of compared him stylistically to to Erling Haaland. So. That's certainly a, a bold claim. I wouldn't expect Liverpool to, to make a huge amount of money on Get him on back. Him, but... Get him back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or, or certainly sell him for the same sort of price tag. Um, yeah, that would be nice. But uh, yeah, I, I would expect that to be a, a very small fee, to be honest. I don't think Union Berlin are, are in a, a particularly strong financial situation. It, you know, I'm sure that they would probably quite like to keep him. He's been instrumental for them so far this season. But the chances of, of Liverpool really getting a huge fee for him, probably gone. He's only got two years left on his contract as well, I believe. So it's probably one of those that you would expect to move on for a pretty small amount, maybe similar sort of fee to, to Shea Ojo, maybe one or two million might just be enough to, to do that for Liverpool. And it might again have to be a bit of creativity from Michael Edwards to get, you know, sell on clauses and, and so on and so forth into that deal. Loris Karius is an interesting one as well. I think there will be interest in him. We've seen obviously... There's been no shortage of clubs interested in taking him on loan from Liverpool since, obviously, his last Liverpool appearance. But again, his contract situation doesn't play into Liverpool's hands at all, obviously. They haven't been keen to give him a contract extension. But what that does mean is that come the summer, he'll only have 12 months left on his deal. So, yeah, again, it's it's one of those that was brought in as a small fee. I think it was around £4.7 million that they paid Mainz for. So they're not going to probably make a profit on that. I would expect the fee to, to be smaller, but it's not going to be anything substantial in terms of a loss. So, yeah, I think Carrius, it is this summer that he will move on. They'll find him a permanent home, I'm sure, or at the very least, probably send him out on loan to a club with a view to then making a permanent free transfer potentially in 2022. So, yeah, I, I would expect both of them to move on. I don't think either have got Liverpool futures moving forward, but... You know, the majority of the money, if they do sell all of these players that, that we've spoken about, that the majority of the money is going to come essentially from three of them, which is, is Wilson, Gruwich and, and Minamino. So those are the, the three that you pick out in terms of, of generating funds for Liverpool. Certainly, you know, the, the others, it's going to be nominal fees, if anything, for them this summer, I would think. Yeah, eight players then out on loan. One in Harvey Elliott, who could certainly come back and supplement Jurgen Klopp's squad. The other seven, if they are to be sold, though, could help rake up a uh, fair amount of money for Liverpool then to go and add further enhancements to the squad. That's it from this edition of The Agenda, though. Do make sure you stick with us here on the Blood Red channel. Of course, plenty of reaction to come to Monday night's game with Leeds United at Ellen Road. Of course, the debrief live will be with you on the Blood Red YouTube channel, as well as Jurgen Klopp's post-match reaction and the post-game podcast, wherever it is you get your audio on demand. But from myself, Guy Clark and Matt Addison, thanks for your time and your company. It's bye for now. You've been listening to the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.